You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Adam Tarno here in studio with Chris Harper. Chris, you and I just got back from vacations. We did. We didn't go together, but we were in the same city. We just found <laughs> out. We, we were both down in... To all of our friends down in Charleston, South Carolina that we didn't talk to, we're sorry uh, that we didn't let you know we were heading down there, but we, we want to rave on your city for a second or brag on it because uh, I went there to go see some of my family. You yep. went there with your family. I had my family with me too, but mm-hmm. it's a great town. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I can tell why people are like flocking there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, the family that I was visiting, they were kind of like, no, you can't move here. All the houses sold, nothing, That's no right. apartments. It's, it's bad. You just go ahead and stay there in Texas. Yeah. Amazing uh, food. Yes. So that, good. The restaurant scene there was fantastic. Yeah, first so class. It was great. Yeah. Um, so we, and we both have younger kids. You have younger mm. kids than me, but, yeah. um, you know, every time I travel, it's great to be away. I get so excited to leave town. Yeah. And then I notice on about the second to last or the last day of vacation, you're smiling because I think you know where I'm going to go with this because uh, I start to go, yeah, this has been great, but I'm ready to be home. Right. Do you you go through that as well when you're traveling like that? Absolutely. For me, it's not the second to last day. It's the second day. (laughs) Second day. Well, your kids are younger, so maybe that's why. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's only so much pack and play I can take. That's right. That's right. (laughs) There's something about that, though, that is like as nice as it is to get away and to travel. There's just something about home that feels right. And I think uh, it relates to what we want to talk about today when it comes to battling sin and something we're going to see in 2 Timothy and Paul talking about something he longed for Mm. and longing for home. Yeah. and how that motivated him. So yeah. uh, talk to us, help us with that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. C.S. Lewis said that if you find yourself being unfulfilled in this world, it's probably because you were made for another world. Mm. You were created for something more. And we see this in Second Timothy chapter 4. Paul's talking about um, running the race, fighting the fight. You know, he's coming to the end of his life. And he says something interesting there in verse 7 and 8. He says, in store for me is the crown of righteousness. Mm. And that's also for everyone who has longed for Christ appearing. Mm. So Paul says, um, I'm finishing the race. I'm fighting the fight. I get this crown of righteousness. And then everyone else who has longed to see Christ, to see Christ appear. And the Greek word there for long is crave. Mm-hmm. Paul literally says those who who crave to see Jesus. And and I got to thinking about that in the context of what he's saying, you know. Um, and I think about soldiers, right, um, people in the military. When they go and fight in a foreign conflict, um, ask any one of them what their number one desire is, and it's to be home. Yeah. Like, like they want to be home. No one, no one really enjoys a fight. Hmm. Right, um, you may be excited about it. You may be ready. You may be motivated. You may be um, thrilled for the cause. Yep. But at some point, your desire is to be home. Yep. And that's exactly what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, "Listen, we are we are foreigners on a foreign land, and we're in this battle against sin. And because every day, you know, we're fighting the good fight of faith, there should be some desire within us to to be home, to be home with Christ. And and this is where." Where I think a lot of people in the church, a lot of men today miss it. We have this, um, uh, I used to say a Kenny Chesney theology, but it's not Kenny Chesney. I think it's Joe Diffie who first said it. <laughs> but um, we all want to go to heaven. We just don't want to go tonight. 
Ah, yeah. Yeah, you because know, we're having too much fun. Right. Right. Um, uh, and that's that's indicative of the fact that we're probably not engaging in the battle like we should be. Yeah. Um, uh, those men, those just godly men I've met throughout the course of my life, um, they can't wait to be with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and not just because Jesus is is the greatest thing ever. It's because they're also exhausted. Yeah, they're just tired, man. Yeah. They've been beating back sin, you know, for all of their life, and they can't wait to be free from that forever. Yeah, and then you know, I, probably other bad theology. Like we don't want to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. That's right. Either so, there's a That's balance a there with that, and so. When you when you read Paul's words and you think about this idea of craving for home, I mean, I get that, right? So we, we get that when we go to the beautiful Charleston, South Carolina, right. we still crave to be home. I can only imagine if you and I had gone there as soldiers, yeah. you know, back in the day, um, how we would have longed, really longed to have come home. Right. Um, so ha- connect those dots. How, how is that motivating you to stay in this fight against sin? Yeah, absolutely. I think it starts by, by just recognizing that I'm in a fight. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people are sleeping, right? They don't, they don't wrestle with their sin in a healthy way. And just like you alluded to, Adam, there, like, there's an unhealthy, like, self-deprecating, uh, defeatist mentality mm-hmm. we can have with sin. Mm-hmm. You know, my sin's always getting the best of me, so I'm just going to succumb to it. I'm yeah. just going to accept it. Like, it's kind of that Eeyore mentality. You know, poor, poor, pitiful me. Yeah, that's not what Paul's talking about. Mm-hmm. We like, we have victory in Christ. Um, uh, Christ has won the war. Uh, daily, we're engaged in these subtle, sometimes um, you know, even unseeable battles. Right, right? there's spiritual warfare happening, uh, and the question is: Are we are we acknowledging that? Like, mm-hmm. are we waking up to that every day? Do we know that we get up to put on the full armor of God, knowing, hey, there's going to be battles in front of us today that we need to engage in. We're not always going to win. Yep. But we should acknowledge them and engage in them. That's right. There's, um, I read Ryan Holiday's book this this year called uh, "The Obstacle Is the Way." It was a New York Times bestseller. I know it's been out for a long time. Probably a lot of our listeners are at least familiar with it. But I, I don't know why. Uh, just the way Mr. Holiday put those words together, and just that idea that why are we surprised when things are hard? Yeah. Right now, he's talking about not just the battle against uh, moral righteousness or what what we in the, the faith would call sin. But just in life in general, that's right. That it's it's not supposed to be like vacation mm-hmm. where things are easy and maybe some people serve us uh, or things like that. It's it's supposed to be difficult, and so I like that. I think that is a really important reality for us to have to wake wake up to. It's just this idea, and I liked how you said we're asleep to it. Is is just uh, this is hard. Uh, this is difficult. Mm. Things are not supposed to be easy right now, and it doesn't mean that you're broken or that you're doing something wrong if it's difficult. That's would would right. you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that, and I would also say that you know, in large form, unfortunately, the church has helped propagate that. That's right. Um, they've kind of painted this picture of the Christian life as less of a battleship and more of a carnival cruise. Yeah, that's good. And the reality is it's not a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Like it, it for real is a battleship. Yeah. Um, we have an enemy that the Bible says is is prowling around, looking to devour us. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be on guard. We've got to be um, watchful, as the Word says. And, and a lot of us aren't just watchful. We're, we're, we're asleep. Mm. And, and 
Comfort is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry in our right, country. Right. And and churches have succumbed to it. Christians have succumbed to it. For a lot of us, the end result of our toil, the end result of our work, the end result of everything is so we can be more comfortable. That's right. And and Christianity never called us to be comfortable. It called us to be holy. Hmm. It calls us to be godly. It calls us to be Christ-like. And, and you know, that's... I want to be careful with what I say here next because, again, I don't want to have a defeatist, right. nihilistic mentality. Right? You can you can engage in the fight and still be a Christian and still be holy. Sometimes I think we're afraid to even admit we're in a fight because it makes us look less than. Like if I tell you I'm struggling with sin, then somehow right. I'm less of a Christian That's because right. I've said that. Yeah, or it sounds negative That's or, right. or pessimistic. And I think those are some of the realities that I'm even in my own walk with Jesus and in my own life to say these two things can exist at the same time. The mm. obstacle is the way. Things are hard. My battle against sin sucks. It's frustrating. But that doesn't mean I'm giving up. That's right. I'm just acknowledging reality. And in some ways, that acknowledgement of reality is motivating. Like, oh. uh, you know, like when the, the team, um, like when we were growing up playing sports and you knew you were playing the number one team. That's right. It's like, this is going to be hard. But let's go. Let's right? take there, the there's something country. really exciting about that, oh, and so, so there's good. a motivation that I think can come when we wake up, and and especially as men to help each other to go like, how are you getting stronger today? Like it's it's hard out there, isn't it? Yeah, that's, right. that's the way it's supposed to be. Absolutely, and that's okay. We can't be surprised by that. So let's go. Let's stay with it. Yeah. And uh, there's something about that that can be really motivating at times. Yeah, and it can also be reassuring. Yeah, Adam, if you were to ask me right now, Chris, um, how do you know you're you're secure in Christ? I think my like number one answer would be because I'm fighting sin. Yeah. Like like that's that's one of the things that is a proof test in my life. It's that's a right. litmus test that man, I'm in Christ because I'm willing to fight sin. That's right. Like I don't think we should we should look down upon ourselves because we're willing to fight sin. I think we should be afraid when we're not willing yeah, to when fight. We're it. Complacent. <laughs> yeah, right. when yeah. it's when it's become comfortable, right? Yeah. That's like when we should be afraid. That's right. But but I can tell you, like right now on this podcast, I know I'm secure in Christ because I love Jesus right now. Mm-hmm. And because man, I woke up this morning ready to battle. Sense right. because it's a reality in my life, and and how many men need to hear that today? Yeah, you're not less than because you're wrestling with sin. As a matter of fact, your wrestling with sin may be the one thing that's proving your maturity in Christ. That's good. Say that again. Yeah, yeah. You're not less than because you're wrestling with sin. Your wrestling with sin may be the one thing proving your maturity in Christ, and it's certainly growing your maturity in Christ. Yeah. So, so like, don't shy away from the fight, and and you don't have to be quiet about it. Like, no. you can share that. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you, man. When you're in a battle, let someone know so that they can come alongside of you and pray you up and offer to hold your arms up yep. right as you fight because right. we need one another. Yeah. Yeah, and and why like uh, why I asked you to repeat that because there could be a guy listening right now that just feels so lonely in that yeah. battle because maybe at their workplace in their neighborhood uh, on their kids team whatever it is in their friend group they feel like they're the only one battling that's right because everybody else is just giving in that's it. and so it's just like well maybe why am I stressing out over this stuff uh, what uh, what I put before my eyes or the words that are coming out of my mouth or my relationship with my family or my coworkers or my relationship mm. with money why am I stressing about all that nobody else seems to be am I the weird one yeah. you know am I making too much of all of this and uh, I like that 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 is that is evidence 
that's evidence for you that Jesus is 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 changing your life. That oh, you're absolutely. no longer okay with that. Yeah, you used to to love sin, mm. like you used to willfully sin. That's what the Bible says. And again, I don't think we use that language enough today. Yeah, the Bible literally says we used to be children of Satan, mm. right? Doing his bidding, doing his will, whether we knew it or not. Right, like he was for us and we were for him. But then all of a sudden, we become this new creation in Christ, so we become a slave of righteousness versus a slave of wickedness. And now we have this new master, and we want to do his bidding. Yeah. The problem is that old man of death is still there. Yeah. So I tell, I tell men all the time, like Chris Harper has to wake up every day, a new creation in Christ, but he has to drown the old man of death. The that's problem right. is he's a great swimmer. <laughs> I mean, like that's the problem, yeah. right? He's, yeah. he's really good at what he does. That's right. Um, so, but, but I think just acknowledging that, hmm. like acknowledging that fact, as they used to say, what, what was the old G.I. Joe? How did it end? Now you know. And now, now he's, he's half, half the battle. The battle. <laughs> that's so good. Like I think that's real. That like, like that applies right now, right here. Like knowing is half the battle. Knowing you're in a fight against sin is half the battle. And, and I want you to hear me say two things. One, like the fight is real. You look throughout Scripture, there's a reason why God is telling you to put on armor. Mm. There's a reason why Paul is describing the Christian life and using you know fight analogies and battle terms because it's real. <clears throat> the second thing you need to know is, is engaging in the fight is a good thing. Like it's a positive thing. You're not going to win every skirmish. You're not going to win every battle. But praise be to God that in Christ the war has been won. Yeah. So go back to the like you're not going to win every one because we all go through some slumps. That's right. Um, how, how do you how do you handle that to like in your own personal life? If it's um, yeah, it's been a, a bad few weeks. It's been a bad month. How do you how do you maintain that motivation? Or what what are some things you do there? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, I preach the gospel to myself. Mm. I remind myself that even though I I, I just lost that battle. Um, um, Christ has won the war, and He's forgiven me. Yep. Um, not only has He paid for my past sin, He's paying for my current sin, and He's paying for my future sin. Mm. And I say that in a way that doesn't cheapen grace, like that's not a license to sin, but knowing He has paid the ultimate price is actually what prohibits me from sinning. Yeah. Like, I don't want to cheapen the grace. That's right. So it's knowing His His great and mighty and good work for me that actually keeps me in check most of the time. Yeah. So so when I do fall, when I do sin, man, I'm I'm quick to preach the gospel to myself. And then I'm almost as quick as to seek out forgiveness and reconciliation, mm-hmm. which helps me not be trapped and live in that sin. Right? Because because if I can unload it as fast as possible, if I can if I can seek reconciliation as fast as possible, if I can gain forgiveness as fast as possible, there's less likely for me to be trapped in that loop of guilt and shame, shame yeah. that's going to make me commit the sin again. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, it's like you know, you wake up one day planning to eat well, and then donuts show up. That's right. And you're like, well, I had one donut. There's the day. Might as well just pig out all day, right? That's or it, just man. have no no discipline today with all of that. So I like that. Yeah, just the the preaching gospel itself, seeking forgiveness, both. You know, obviously from the Lord. What I, I I'm I'm envisioning two things there. Obviously, we're seeking forgiveness from the Lord, mm. um, and thanking Him for the forgiveness that He's granted us through Jesus right. Christ. 
And then, unfortunately, a lot of time, my sin involves other people, 100%. right? And so yeah. even going through and seeking forgiveness from the person I hurt, That's right. that uh, as soon as possible as well yeah. is, is a great way to stay engaged uh, in, mm. in that battle as yeah. well. And it's a great way. So one of the, it's a great way to push back against Satan's lies. So one of Satan's favorite lies is to tell us that our sin isn't hurting anyone else. Mm like that our sin is harmless. And the reality is, uh, as you just alluded to, first and foremost, we're sinning against a holy God. Right. So it's, it's hindered our relationship there, so it's definitely not harmless. But two, like, I don't know of a single sin I've ever committed in a vacuum. Yeah. Right? Like it didn't have some effect on someone somewhere else. Yeah. And acknowledging that, again, is, is, a, is a great guardrail to keep you from sinning. But also at the same time, it's it's a productive way to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. That's right. So yeah, that soldier longs to be home. Uh, waking up to this idea that we're in a fight, engaging in that fight is a good thing. Mm, yeah. uh, anything else coming to mind on on how this this idea of of home can motivate us to battle today? Absolutely. Like if you're if you're longing, so right now if your longing is not to be with Jesus, you probably need to check your spirit. Hmm. Like, like, what in this world are you valuing over being with him? You know, I think about, Adam, I think about our Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at game six, you know, uh, a few weeks ago. And, yeah. and um, like, for some odd reason, I was having this internal thought. Um, man, if Jesus comes back before game seven, would I be okay with that? <laughs> 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 because, like, I really want to see game seven. Yeah. Now, they got just absolutely demoralized in game six, like demolished. So yeah. I really wish he would have came back after game five. That's that, right. would, that would have been easier. Yeah. But, but the reality is in that moment, you know, um, I, probably, I probably wanted to be at game seven more than I wanted to be mm. in heaven, right? And that's a – again, it may sound trivial, but, like, that's a problem. You know, I think, I think there are people listening right now that, that would say, you know, I've never had sex with a woman. So if Jesus if you could hold off before that happens, that'd yeah. be great. Right? Like like I've never been married and and like Jesus, I really want to be with you and I really want you to come back and get me, but maybe just wait till I'm married so yeah. I can experience that. Right. Um, and it's the same thing. Jesus, um, I've worked for 30 years. I've saved up, you know, quite the retirement and I can't wait to enjoy that. So so maybe don't come back just yet. Give me five or ten years of, of enjoying this. And and whether or not we're willing to admit that, it shows that our affections are are somewhere else. And and it reminds me of Lewis, again, what Lewis said, right? You know, our our desires, we we think that we choose things over God because our desires are so strong. Mm-hmm. But Lewis said the opposite. He said, No, your desires are too weak. Mm. God offers you a holiday at sea, but you're content making mud pies on the seashore. That's right. Like he's offered you this glorious thing. Like there is nothing better than being with him, mm. right? Somebody asked me the other day, um, "Are we going to have sex in heaven?" Right? And I said, "I'm not. You know, I'm not really sure. You know, I've thought about it a little bit. I'd have to. I'd have to do a deep dive into it. But um, I'm not sure that we will." And the guy was like, "Man, I. You know, I hope we do. Like, sex is the greatest thing in the world." And I'm like, "Actually, Jesus is the greatest thing in the That's world." That's right. I said, "And could you imagine?" Um, could you imagine being with Jesus is actually greater than having sex? He's like, is that real? (laughs) 
I'm like, I think so. <laughs> like, it's like a, a Christmas vacation moment. Like, you serious, Clark? Yeah, like, for that's real? Right. That's right. <laughs> like, 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 I think the greatest pleasure we can think about on this earth is going to be magnified by a million just by being yeah. in the presence of our king, right? Yep. And again, we just, I think we don't have that mindset, not because we, not because we, we don't love Jesus. I think it's because we're not as tired as we should be. Yeah. We're not as exhausted from the fight as we should be. We have it pretty comfortable. Yep. And and when you're on a carnival cruise, you don't want to get off. That's right. Um, yeah. Or we just don't have enough posters or people talking about heaven, even in that simple way. Like that's maybe going to be one of the more memorable parts of this episode. They're going to yeah. be like, that was the episode where Chris talked about sex and heaven, right? That, that episode? <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, we're talking about battling sin, just to remind everyone, just to reset. That's, right. that's what we're talking about here. But... But when you start to get into that mindset to go, no, think about that for a moment. Like, Jesus is better than that. Now you're painting a picture of heaven, and the limited way that our brain can understand that, that's that right. starts to go, you, th- now you start to look at Earth, and right now I'm looking outside of this, you know, this window on this beautiful sunny day here in Dallas and just going, oh, this isn't... I mean, it may be here, the new heaven, new Earth yeah. here, but it, there's no sin... And okay, now I'm starting to get excited about that, right? right? And so that's somebody like, are we even talking about new heaven, new earth, in, the, yes. in a way that is getting us to realize, oh, these are mud pies that I'm dealing with here. That's There's right. something so much better. Yeah, and 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 you hear that, you know, you used that phrase earlier, and you're it, it's so right. Like, like you can be too so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. The problem is, I've yet to meet someone like that. That's right. Like, and if I had to err on one side or the other, like, I think I would, as I get older, I think I want to be more heavenly minded. That's right. Because because my struggle, like, I'm probably, just so you know, like, I'm probably not going to leave this podcast and go um, meet up with a hooker. Right. Right. I'm just probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never, um, praise God, fallen into, like, any type of gross type of sin or, like... Um, you know, magnificent sin that's going to make headlines. It's going to make, yeah, right? Twitter headlines. Right, yeah. right. Like, but but my bend is, like, I'm just too worldly. Like, mm. like Adam, I really love this world. Yeah. Like, well, I love... you have an amazing motorcycle. I mean, yes. Like, I like it. Your like, motorcycle's amazing. Like, like I love nice things, <laughs> right. man, and Air Jordans, and I love Game 7s. Like, like right. the energy and... But then to think about, man, what if, what if every game in heaven is a Game 7 mm. win, right? Oh, like that just changes the perspective. Yeah. Like this game seven is nothing compared to the game seven. That's in right. Heaven. That's right. Yeah. And and again, I don't think we, I don't think we talk about it enough. My buddy Rob Berry uh, would talk about new heaven, new earth, and that the the land, like he would talk about the crops, mm-hmm. right? So if we're cultivating, and he said, can you imagine having a cup of coffee grown with these amazing coffee beans that have no imperfections oh, in wow. the soil? And the water is completely pure. Oh. Like, can you imagine what that water, what that coffee is going to taste like? So and I'm good. like, no, Robin, I want it, right? Like, I want that cup <laughs> right of coffee. Now. I want that. And you start going like, can you imagine the carrot that has not been mm. modified or wow. stained by sin at all? And and you're starting to think like, oh, okay. Like there's food. There's is a world be. I do not know. Yes, oh, Adam, that's so good. Man. And it's. Um, and it's fun, and so that I want to long for that. That helps. Yeah. That helps me long for that to go. Okay, we're in the battle now. Come, Lord yeah. Jesus! Like right. every every cow is new grass fed, grass right. finished, bro. but it's still marbled. <laughs> it's it's not like the grass fed like, one that has no marbling, like perfect marbling. <laughs> yes. 
it makes Wagyu look like like it's nothing, right? right? That's uh, like it's spam. That's right. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Maybe that could be some of the fun. Like what what our what our friends and, and listeners can do with that is just sit around and just just paint some pictures of what perfection could look like yeah. and go. Uh, our brain, and it, it'll be better than that. That's right. Because we've got these sin-stained, yeah. finite little brains uh, that can't understand. But yeah. I think when we get there, we're just going to be like, good night. Why did I think game sevens and uh, playing my local club's golf course was as good as it gets, right? That's like, right. That's <laughs> why, did, why did we think old Milwaukee had it right? right? This is as good as it gets. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, <laughs> It man. gets so much better. Yeah, and I think, I think we begin to cultivate that with the fight against sin. Mm-hmm. Like, and this, again, this is going to sound defeatist, but like the more I lose, the more I want to be home. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and... And we just, we're not a society that likes to take L's or at least talks about taking yeah. our L's, right? That's so great you say that, Chris, because here's one thing I've noticed. Um, so I've been walking with Jesus longer than I haven't been walking with him. So tw- I'm 48 now, started walking with him when I was 21. And I, I noticed this maybe about 15 years ago. The older men that I was around talked about their sin more, were more aware of their sin and we're longing for Jesus's return more often than I was as a young 20-something mm. or young 30-something. But yet they, their their lives, I think if there was a way to measure it, were more holy than mine. Absolutely. And so yeah. it, it felt, I just remember as a, like a, like a late 20, early 30s guy sitting there going, they're, they're living more righteously, so to speak. If you put the list yeah. of sins together, they probably sin less than me. That's right. But they feel like they sin more, and they want Jesus to return more. And I think there's something about it. It's not defeatist. No, it's an awareness. It's an awareness. And yeah. it's, it's the life of the Apostle Paul. If you look at his life, right, he comes to know Jesus, and he looks around. He has little significance in the world, and he says, man, I'm the least of the apostles. Yeah. He grows in holiness. He grows in significance. And he looks around, and he says, I was wrong. I'm the least of the disciples. He grows in affluence. He grows in significance. At this point, um, he's number two to Peter in the church, and he looks around and says, wait a minute, I was wrong. I'm actually the chief of all sinners. And then he gets to the end of his life. He's no more holy, no more closer to God. Like he's next to Jesus. He's the greatest person to walk the earth. And he says, Timothy, man, send send Mark, right? My life is but a drink offering ready to Mm. be poured out. And a drink offering, if you know anything about temple sacrifices, it was the lowest form of offering reserved for the poorest of the poor. Mm. So the closer Paul got to Jesus, the more acutely aware he became of his need of Jesus. That's right. And and I think that's what you're describing, man. That's what you're describing. Yeah. And, and, And I like what you said earlier. Uh, it would be so easy in isolation to be like defeated by that. That's right. But I like that you're saying, no, be encouraged by that yes. because that's evidence that Christ has your heart. Come on. And, and there's something that can be really encouraging about that. Let's so, go. I like that. Always great to be with you, brother. Yeah, man. See you next time. Every week here on the Better Man Podcast, our aim is to give you real tips on how you can be the better man that God has made you to be. And we do this because we meet guys all the time who want to be a better man, but they don't know how to do it. Most men get their cues on what it means to be a man from the culture. And although there are some great examples out there, we believe the most common cultural examples of masculinity fall short of what God wants from us. 
Well, today, in addition to this podcast, we want to let you know about a bonus resource. It's called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. It's a free e-publication written to simplify and encourage your pursuit of biblical masculinity. It's actionable, it's quick to read, and it's free. All you have to do is go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and you will be able to download this publication called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. So go on out there right now, betterman.com. Once again, that's betterman.com.